0: Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. We're doing part two for Pergamum. And the part two is Pergamum, a worldly church. This won't be fun. Revelations 2, 14 to 17. Now remember, we saw last time that Jesus is writing seven letters to seven churches. It applies to every church, every individual. Uh, he, He goes into the good, the bad, the warning, and the encouragement. Last time with Pergamum, we saw the good and we saw the encouragement the good is they they live where satan lives and yet they kept their faith very very positive but unfortunately there's some bad here unlike smyrna which had no bad unlike smyrna pergamum has lots of bad and a lot of it we can see reflected in the united states today let's pray father we pray for your holy spirit's help to be convicted Anything in our life that matches up with the bad, that needs to be repented of, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us and help us to be set free from this. Only your Holy Spirit can do this. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. The bad. Revelation 2, verses 14 and 15. Nevertheless, uh uh-oh. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food, sacrificed to idols, and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Nevertheless, uh-oh. And he says you have followers of Balaam, Balaam followers. Now, this comes from Numbers 22 through 25. Do you want to read that, read that. Amazing passage there, sad passage. But King Balak of Moab wants to stop Israel from taking the promised land. He wants to stop them. So he hires the Gentile prophet named Balaam and he pays him to curse Israel. But Balaam cannot curse Israel. We are under God's protection. We cannot be touched without God's permission unless we sin and leave ourselves vulnerable to, to spiritual attack to Satan's attack but so Balaam is greedy he can't curse but he wants the money he wants the cows that he's been offered so he comes up with plan B he sends out the prettiest women of Moab and they invite the Israelite men to a feast <clears throat> and when you get to the feast this feast is, is dedicated to the idols of Moab and there's drinking and there's orgy, sexual orgies and gravity took care of the rest you can imagine what, what happened there and God was so upset, so upset that He ended up killing them with a sword. You have to read the story. They were killed with a sword, and ultimately Balaam was also killed with a sword. With a sword, the same thing is now happening in Pergamum. In Pergamum, that some were teaching the believers in Pergamum, some were teaching that it was okay to attend the pagan feasts. The pagan festivals in Pergamum. Now we saw that's where Satan had his throne. There's Athena, the goddess of love. You can imagine what was going on in Pergamum. And so as a result, <coughs> the Christians would attend These festivals, they would get drunk along with the the non-believers. They would lift the cup to the idols when they toasted. Well, I'm just lifting a cup, you know, just a little cup. And then they fell back into sexual sin. They fell back into sexual sin. Temple prostitutes, all kinds of horrible things. They fell into this. We see the same thing today. Many Christians in places they should not be in, in the USA today, eating the world's garbage, Falling into sin, going to places and, and drinking, uh, you know, you know, bars, bar situations. It's it's so sad. When I was a kid, no Christians drank any kind of alcohol, but now everybody drinks and they drink it anywhere. Listen, the Bible says doesn't say you can't have any alcohol, but it says be very very careful who you drink in front of and, and how much you drink. You should never get drunk, and you know if you're out with your husband or wife and you're having dinner, and you have a glass of wine, that's one thing. You're at a wedding, you have a glass of champagne, that's one thing. But to go into these bars, and to just get drunk, and as a pastor, 90% of the crises that I deal with, when people have something bad happen, it's related to alcohol. It's it's unbelievable. Christians have no discernment anymore when it comes to alcohol. That's why I don't drink at all. I just don't need it. I don't see the purpose. We're a nation of alcoholics everybody on my street is about, you know, drinks 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 it's crazy so anyhow uh so many christians are in places they shouldn't be they're in these bars drinking they're in watching movies that they shouldn't be watching where there's lust is the whole focus of it they're watching music videos where which conditions them to sin just like pavlov's dog it conditions them to sin and see satan's strategy hasn't changed he makes it attractive. He uses the good-looking girl or the good-looking guy, and the rest is gravity. The rest is gravity. The second negative closely tied to Balaam, are we seeing seen the connections with USA Today, the second negative closely tied to Balaam is verse 15, the teaching of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. In Acts chapter 6, Nicholas was one of the seven deacons, the original seven deacons, and he stressed grace over the law. Nothing wrong with that. That's very good. But over time, this was perverted by the followers, uh, by by his followers, was perverted, and they started to teach. Not Nicholas didn't teach this, but his followers over time started to teach that you can live any way you want, you can do anything the pagans do, you can do it, it's okay. We're forgiven, grace, it's all there. The body, they taught that the body was evil and temporary, but the spirit is good and eternal. And you have to guard your spirit. Don't let anything no sin happen with your spirit. But you can do whatever you want with your body. Doesn't matter. And they developed this doctrine to cement the practice of the Bellamites. The result was they the result we can fit in with the pagans. This is what they were teaching. Here and later on in the New Testament times, you can fit in with the pagan society. Go to the feast, and get drunk. Eat the food sacrificed to the idols. Visit the temple prostitutes. It's okay. It's just your body. Just protect your spirit. <laughs> Ooh, crazy, right? Can you believe that? Can you believe they actually taught this or practiced this? Actually, I can. What's different from today? What's different from the USA today? Pergamum, they taught it doesn't matter what you do with your body. It's what your spirit. what you do with your spirit that counts. And the USA Today says it doesn't matter how we live, as long as you have the Spirit, as long as you raise your hand, put your faith in Jesus, pray that prayer of, of salvation, you can do whatever you want. And as a result, now we see the same teaching has permeated the U.S. church today. Recent, recent uh, survey, half of all U.S. Christians Say sex is sometimes or always okay in a dating relationship. Now, I didn't say marriage. Dating relationship. Half of Christians say sex is sometimes or always okay. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Uh, I'm not even gonna read it. It's just, it's just pathetic and, and, and abhorrent, and it's it, it, it's it's just it's just crazy. Pergamum means elevated. That's what the word means. It means elevated. It also means married. So elevated or married are the two meanings of the word. It's a picture of the church that is married to the world. This is what Pergamum, it's a picture of a church that has become married to the world, just like in the United States today. God says no way to any of this. God says no way. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, and if you don't know this passage, you better memorize it. Uh, do, you not know, uh, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Woo. That means you're going to go to hell. We'll go to hell if we're wicked. What does wickedness look like? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, first on the list, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's what we were. If, if that's what, who we are, then we are not going to heaven. We're going to hell. But if we have put our faith in Jesus for real, then the Holy Spirit is in us. We were washed, sanct- washed sanctified, justified by Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Then we are—that's who we were. Doesn't mean we won't ever struggle with any of those things. Again, sure we'll struggle, but we will never become our identity. We will never give in to those without fighting tooth and nail. We will—we that—that we can no longer live in any of those sins if we're truly a Christian they cannot they cannot rule us ever again struggle with them tempted with them battle with them slip and fall and get back up and keep on fighting but that's not who that's what we were and if you say no that's who i am then you you're in trouble we're in trouble uh, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. But so many of us have been conformed to the pattern of this world. Now, I, I use the illustration many times of the boiling frog. When, when, if you take a bu- frog and you put it in the hot water, guess what it will do? Boop, jumps right out. Can't, doesn't want to be in the hot water. But if you take a frog and you put it in lukewarm water, and then you slowly turn up the heat, slowly turn up the heat slowly turn up to boil and guess what that frog does it cooks it doesn't jump out it cooks because it's so gradual and that is what has happened to the christians in the usa today <clears throat> very important week <coughs> excuse me we cannot be married to the world. We are married to Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? We cannot be yoked. We cannot be married to the world in any way lens Dating and marriage or business or, or too close of a friendship or ministry. We are married to Jesus Christ. And we better stay faithful, pure or else. The warning back in uh, Revelation Chapter 2, verse 16, he warns us, Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The sword. Now, we've been talking about the sword here in Pergamum. Just as God judged Balaam and the Israelites with the sword... He will judge his church. It is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. We're seeing it today. We're seeing the church being divided into, into the wheat separated from the weeds. We're seeing the sheep separated from the goats. We're seeing it. We see it happening today. We see these mainline churches that have given in to sexual sin and the teaching of, of Balaam here. We're seeing it, the, the teaching of the Nicolaitans. We're seeing these churches saying every sexual sin is okay the whole list we saw in First Corinthians six nine to eleven, that whole list it's okay. And they, they're they're full of Bellamites and Nicolaitans, and they tolerate all sexual sin, but God will not tolerate them. They are disintegrating. They are hemorrhaging. They have been judged. They're gonna disappear. And the USA, same with the USA talk about judgment. Anything goes in the USA today. It's adultery and homosexuality and premarital sex and pornography and self-sex versus God, which says sex is a beautiful gift given to a husband and wife and the marriage bond to cement them together. And the result of going against what God is, is taught is you see the horrible results of it today with the, with the abortions uh, unbelievable, and the STDs, and and it's just crazy what we've seen. I remember back when President Obama was president, and, and he, he was talking about abortion. He said, people shouldn't have to pay for their mistakes. Well, somebody is paying for that mistake. The baby's life is paying for it. And not only that, this country will pay, because God is not pro-choice. God is pro-holiness. We see this, the sword. We will face judgment. We will face the sword for... Will we get a stone? The sword or the stone? Look at the encouragement in verse 17. For those who want to fight tooth and nail, who want to stay faithful to God, who want to stay pure before God, verse 17, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. We already talked about it last time. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it that On it, known only to him who receives it. We're going to get a white stone with a name written on it that only the one who receives it will know what that is. Now, we already looked at the manna, but this is the stone, the white stone. There's a couple of options, lots of different options. I'm going to share them all because I think each of them teach us something. Each is a piece of the puzzle of what this white stone could mean for us as Christians. First of all, with the Temple of Asclepius, and we saw that last time, the snake and the medical. Outside, there were white stones outside the temple of Asclepius with names of people healed. Names of people healed. And he said, just as those stones are out there of people healed, we our names are on these stones. Only a different stone that Jesus will give us. And it's a testament to our healing. It's a testament to the grace of Jesus Christ. Also, when you went to court. When you went to court in Pergamum, if you were guilty, you were given a black stone. But if you were innocent, you were given a white stone. And that meant you were innocent and acquitted. And that's a picture, once again, we get the white stone. It's a picture of the mercy that we have been given in Jesus Christ. Also at the, the sports games, you saw the picture of the theater last time. The victors... At the games, were given stones. In fact, some gladiators were given a special stone, and that special stone allowed them their freedom and gave them the, the they could retire from the gladiator from fighting, and they were given their freedom. And once again, this white stone is our freedom. It's our our victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Also, another way of stones were using is they, is in Pergamon they would use these stones as an invitation to the pagan. Feasts and festivals, they were given a stone with a deity's name written on it, and I believe this stone could have the, the, our God's name written on it, and it's an invitation to the to the, the the great banquet that every one of us is going to be invited to in heaven someday. Also, stones were good luck charms, and they would be give, given this this stone with a God's name on it as a good luck charm, and it would give them special access to a certain god and actually give them power over that god because if they had the name of that god they could like a genius called up they could call on the god, that god and, and demand it, do something for them because they have this stone with a name written on it it's ridiculous right but the, the pagans thought that if the gods all have a secret name and if you could discover it you could manipulate them that's what the demons did in the New Testament remember they said to Jesus they said we know who you are and what did Jesus say shut up don't try that garbage on me get out get shut up and get out of that person get don't try that on me and he cast the demons out uh i i had the same thing happen to me when i was dealing with with the demoniac and i remember he didn't want to come out the demon didn't want to come out and and he said you well there's more than one and they said you don't know our name we don't have to come out because you don't know our name and i remember saying by the holy spirit's Leading and power I, I have the only name I need to know to get rid of you I know the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ get out and the demons had to leave this man and he was set free he's free to this day that there, there, there's all these pictures of the white stone and and the, and what this the, each of these are a piece of the puzzle that, that show what we have are we're going to be given in Jesus Christ if we're faithful we've already been given this in Jesus Christ the, the name only we will know. Only we will know. Probably the name of Jesus Christ. Well it will give us access to God. We can now pray in Jesus' name. You say, Well, yeah, but the demons know Jesus and non Christians know the name of Jesus. They may know the name, but do they do not know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't know his power. They don't know him, so they can't use his name. We will know him. We can use his name. In fact, in Acts nineteen, let me give you an example of this. In Acts nineteen, verse thirteen, some Jews went around driving out the Driving out evil spirits. Uh, no, let me read this again. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Jesus I know. And I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and, and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That, that's a pick. They knew the name of Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them, and they couldn't use it. But we will, if we put our faith in Jesus, the spirit of Jesus lives in us, and we have the power of Jesus in us, we have been given this stone. Have you received your white stone yet? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever gotten the white stone by putting your faith in Jesus, receiving Jesus as your Savior and Lord? The pergamum means marriage, as I mentioned. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are in a marriage relationship. You get a white stone. You get the diamond. Just like when you get, you marry some you guys give the girls a diamond, that's a marriage, and and that's, and it, and, and that's the same idea here, is we're going to get this white stone, we enter into a marriage commitment. A marriage commitment. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? And if you have done it as Christians, are we remaining pure? Jesus is coming back for a holy bride. Revelation 19 talks about the holy bride he's coming back for. Are, are, are we a holy bride? Are we staying holy? Or are there idols in our life that are leading us to sin? Have we bought Balaam's lie? Still here today? Are we eating the world's garbage? Are we listening to the false teachers? Are are we falling for the lies of the Nicolaitans? Our purity is slipping. Our purity is slipping. We believe one way, but we live another way. Ooh, it's hard in our society isn't it with the internet and and the phones and the constant bombardment it's like every time you breathe you got this attack the spiritual attack the pollution pollution but there's a huge pressure in our culture today especially with I feel sorry for teenagers with with the computers and the cell phones and the music and the videos and the TV and the movies. And you put that with all the hormones and it's tough. But but we can live free. We can live free through the power of Jesus Christ. That's what he has called us to live free. I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, I just saw this article and I just thought it was so powerful. Jesus found me. YouTuber Lo Anthony, known for his homosexuality, renounces a life of sin. Lo Anthony has announced, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, I don't watch the YouTube, but uh, what a story. He, he announced that he is turning away from his homosexuality and from fornication or lust of any kind. And he now finds his identity in Jesus Christ. Let me read you just a couple things that show the battle we can fight and the freedom we, we can have in Christ. This is what I'm talking about. He pursued, in high school he started taking drugs, saying that they were a portal to God. He also found himself addicted to alcohol. He dabbled in the occult He also uh, made videos on YouTube, sought to tell people how to love themselves and thought that that was his purpose. He said, how crazy was it that that I believed that? How vain it was. What would a world be be that was filled with people just staring in the mirror all day saying, I love you, hypnotizing themselves into self-obsession and vanity? He said, I needed love and I thought I could provide myself with that love. I understand now that only God can give me that love. In a separate one, he shared that he also became involved in homosexuality. He was sexually abused as a child. It opened the doors for homosexual sin later on, a decade later. Uh, but, he, but he came to realize that it was a sin. He outlined that he's now c- come to understand the fallen nature of mankind, both through man and through my own wicked ways. He realized he was searching for fulfillment in others. That person hurt me, the one who abused him. That sin hurt me, and I sinned against other people, he said. This is so powerful. Uh, But even when I was pursuing my same-sex attraction, I felt this impending force against me that wouldn't allow me to feel fulfilled in that relationship. There's nothing on earth that can fulfill me the way that he can, the way that he did, and there's no one that can love me in the way that Jesus does. He it uh he created ripples online when he renounced homosexuality. He's explaining he's not just against homosexuality. He's against lust and fornication of every kind. It's not just homosexual sin. It's heterosexual sin. It's all kinds of, of sexual sin. He says, a declaration of our victory through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He said that while well, some assert he doesn't need to change. You don't need to change, little Anthony. Balamites, Nicolaitans, right? God loves us the way we are. He said, uh-uh. No, no. He felt compelled by God and his word to examine his inner lust and behavior. He came to Jesus <clears throat> uh, and experienced all kinds of intimacy. He, he, before all the other intimacy left him empty. But he came to Jesus, he was satisfied. His love has replaced my emptiness. Uh, I came to him feeling trapped by my pursuits of self-sex, lust of the eyes, pornography, acts that entangled me with objectification, alienation and what felt like separation from God because it was separation from God God has always been there showing me the way. He has now turned to Christ for salvation and regeneration outlining that spiritual warfare is real and that temptation comes in many forms. He said it's not just lust and fornication that he's repented of but he wishes to resist all sin and dedicate himself to God. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Freedom in Jesus Christ, no matter what our sin is, no matter what our sexual sin is, not listening to the Balamites and the Nicolaitans, but listening to Jesus Christ. That is what some of you were, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And if you want to be free, Jesus will set you free. if you want to live free, Jesus will help you live free. You may have to get healing, you're going to have to Talk to other Christians and other people have come through that struggle and Christian counselors. And, you, and if you need help connecting, email me, nhcc at comcast.net. I'll get you connected wherever you are, wherever you are. I will get you connected and help you find your freedom in Christ and and, and, and living in that truth. Are you ready to receive Jesus Christ? Are you ready? Let's pray. Do you want to be free? of any sin whatever it is just like O Anthony said any sin are you ready to receive Jesus Christ to receive the gift of life to enter into a relationship that can fulfill you John 8 31 says if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free how do we get that? John 3, 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you ready to believe in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? You can do that right now. Wherever you are hearing this, watching this you can do that now. The prayer of faith the powerful prayer of faith Receiving the Holy Spirit, God, I repent of my sin. Everything on that list, 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, to I repent of it, and I could add a lot to it. I repent of that, that list. I repent of my sin. Anything in my life that goes against your word and your will and your purpose for my life, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. And I know I can have forgiveness because Jesus died on that cross For me. He rose from the dead for me. To give me a brand new life. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. Father, I pray that every person listening to this would make sure of their salvation. Sure of their faith in Jesus. They would find freedom in Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you are free. And now you have to learn how to fight and to live in that freedom. I want to encourage you to talk to a family member or a friend or, or a, a Christian, somebody at work or school or a church local. Or if you need help finding one or you want to talk to me, nhcc at comcast.net. I will connect you and, or help you or whatever it takes. I will help you get to your freedom in Christ. And for those of us who are already Christians, how is God speaking to us? Maybe there's we've allowed this these lies into our life. We we've been living, we've been ex- living these lies and accepting these lies and believing these lies that it's that, that's who we are and it's not who we are. It's who we were. It's who we were. But you have to believe it and live by that faith. Once again, I can help you get connected I'm a good, strong Christian counselor, a purity group, uh, an accountability group, a Bible study. It's what it takes. It takes the, the body of Christ. It takes people to stand with us and fight with us spiritually to gain our freedom, to live in that freedom, to keep living in that freedom. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What do we need to confess to Jesus today? To be cleansed and purified. Father, I pray that every one of us would break free of all the lies. This is a battle in our culture. It's a horrible battle. Lord, I pray that we would live free in Jesus Christ. We pray the Holy Spirit would accomplish this through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, that was part two, part two, and next up we are going to be moving on to part three, the conclusion, part three of Pergamum. We have one more to go, and we'll see you next time. Don't miss it.